Good morning and welcome to HealthierLife.tv. My name is Paul Bursey, speaking from Essex near London in the UK. My uh, co-presenter is... Good morning, everybody. It's Warren Connolly here, coming to you from Santander in Hungary. Wow, fantastic. Um, is about a gluten-free diet. Now, is it a craze or is, or is it essential? Well, we're going to find out. So um, anyway, Warren, when you go out, I mean, obviously I've not been to Hungary, but when you, when you go out locally, do you ever notice gluten-free products in the shops or stores? <laughs> yeah, no, sometimes you do. Sometimes, sometimes you, you do get it, yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it's the EU. Um, so you do find from time to time some gluten-free stuff like pizzas and, you know, certain products, you know, that have gluten proteins in, which is essentially what gluten is. Um, yeah. yeah, you do, but probably not as much as often as, as you might expect. Yeah, the ones in, ones in the UK seem to have your um, free from corner, if you're yeah. lucky. And, um, yeah, it's pretty shambolic, really, overall. They're just, it seems that they're just playing along with the crowd because you have to, you know. And um, as I say, and I, I've, all I can say is I, I don't have to be gluten-free, but um, let's put it this way. I've bought bread before to see what it tastes like, and it's awful. The ones I tried. Okay, okay, yeah. Okay? And I'm sure there's great things out there, but again, you only can go. You only really go to these little places in the stores, and um, they make a little bit of effort. That's all they do. Seem to do. So, well, um, go on. If if you if you get if you get into what gluten is, um, it's it's quite limiting in, in in terms of trying to make breads or baked goods yeah. free of gluten. Because see, essentially, that's right because it's a structure it's the structure of bread normally and you take yeah. that structure away and it becomes a totally different product because yeah. look what what essentially gluten is it's it's a protein that's found in grains okay yeah. and one of the few grains that doesn't doesn't have gluten is millet and you don't get many places that make bread from millet nowadays you know, rice doesn't have gluten in it. Quinoa yeah. doesn't have gluten in it. Mm -hmm. Buckwheat doesn't have gluten in it. And millet is the other one. Um, but you know, you don't. As I said, you don't. You don't find enough places that actually make make goods or pastries or anything like that from from millet these days. Um, but well, otherwise, it's normally, it's normally wheat, rye, and barley, isn't it? They're, they're the things that will have yeah. gluten. Yeah, exactly. Read why. Read, read why. <laughs> read why and barley. True. Yeah. Have you been drinking? That <laughs> was <laughs> a bit of a tongue twisting bar there. But um, in saying that, you know, gluten is also it's 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 a form of protein structure. It's a structure of proteins. It's a form of proteins. It's a, it's collective as such. Mm -hmm. Kind of like yeah. dementia is a, is a collective different. Um, mental conditions, you know, or um, neuro, neural conditions. So, so is is gluten, and it's then it, therefore it's, it's going to be difficult for people to make things without gluten and still have it 
feel the same, taste the same, and so forth, because it is a protein. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, look, the, the bottom line is, see, the actual gluten is actually, um, it turns into the, the gluten, really, because of, of what they do to the bread, you know, because when they're manipulating it and kneading it, um, that's when it rises to the top, and mm -hmm. as I can see, and and of course it gives that bread the the sponginess, the mm -hmm. elasticity. Elasticity, um, that's it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So now we know what gluten is. Is it harmful to the normal person? Well, that this goes to the. Is it yeah? Is it like a fad diet? type of thing or or not and yeah, I, yeah. yeah. to answer your question in a roundabout way you know these gluten-free diets in my opinion personal professional opinion the way that they've been branded and marketed and put out there it's it's kind of like a one-size-fits-all kind of scenario where, whereas it's not you know um because the education is not as in-depth as it needs to be in order for people to understand, which is why we're doing this call, right, this show. Absolutely. And, um, yeah, gluten is okay for the, most, for the most part, for most of us, but there are many people out there that have certain conditions that are either uh, irritated by gluten, okay, mm -hmm. or... I mean, yeah, they just gluten just does not serve these certain conditions. So there's there is a there's a, a section of the population that should stay away from gluten for health reasons, but the vast majority of us don't need to really be cons too concerned about it. So in answer to my question, is it harmful to the normal person? And the answer is no. Not not that. Well, I mean, what's normal, right? No, no, as, <laughs> no, as in the vast percentage, the masses. Yeah. Who's the normal person? Uh, to, be yeah. fair, to be fair, we don't really know because most people remain untested. Yes. And, that, and, that, and that's the problem. Individually, mm. um, individually, I would think a lot of the time you will know if you're, um, you need to be gluten-free um, because of the symptoms that we're going to talk about. But... Um, um, so it's not injurious to anyone apart from the people that have celiac disease yes. or gluten intolerance, which are actually two different things. Well, yeah, you have you have you have gluten intolerance intolerances could be basically um, celiac disease, as you say, which is which is essentially it's it's a chronic digestive disorder and an immune disorder, yeah. right? And that can cause that can cause um, damage to the small intestine. You know, if, if you're eating yeah. if you're eating gluten, if you're consuming gluten, it can cause because essentially what happens with with the gluten proteins is that they're not a, they're not digested by the body um, like other proteins yeah. are. They, yeah. They're non-digestives, yeah, and that that can cause problems in your digestive tract in your in your intestine. Where you can, can get perforations of the of the, the wall of the intestine and stuff like that. So it's um, there's that. Then you've got irritable bowel syndrome, which is another gluten intolerance. All right. And if you've got sorry, uh, not yeah, like not sorry, not um, not 
not IBS, um, non-celiac gluten sensitivity. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. So that's that is essentially. Um, so you don't have to have celiac, but um, in other words, what I'm saying is what sometimes one of those covers up the other one. Yes, and this is, and the other one is also wheat allergy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's three there's three separate things there, and, and then and then once you once you've di- divided it up and found out what you really are, what really the problem is, um, there's going to be varying degrees of each one. For, yes. So it's a, it's individual as well. So um, they, they, they can cross over into each other as well. Yeah, and they can go from unpleasant to life threatening. Yeah, depending on who you are, what your body's like. Mm-hmm. But the big problem, you know, when you were mentioning celiac disease, one, one of the biggest problems is absorption of nutrients because you talk, you spoke about the intestinal wall and the small intestine. You've got little things called villi, which are like little fingers. Mm-hmm. Celiac disease just comes along like a big um, Russian tank and uh, smashes down on the villi, making it flat. So you can't absorb the nutrients. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, um, you know, it's, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So is it injurious to anyone? No, it depends on the individual, really. And the, the only way you can find out if you've got it is to be tested. Yeah, for sure, of course. And it's, so, uh, again, always make sure you refer back to a health professional. And if you need to get tested, get tested. <laughs> As we always say, yeah. be guided by a professional. You know, and, um, you know, whether it's a nutritionist uh, who will guide you towards a doctor or a dietitian, And it all depends on what, what each individual thing is uh, that's happening to you. Um, so in theory, is gluten nasty for you? I mean, how, how, not, how percentage wise, how nasty is it to people, let's say, in the UK? Well, one percent of people in the UK have gluten intolerance okay and another one percent i don't know if you can have both but um celiac disease now in the u.s it's up to six to seven percent of people have gluten intolerance um the issue is a lot eh? one percent is a lot of people yeah well 67 percent is 20 million around about 20 million have celiac disease in the u.s so we're talking a lot of people, and a lot of it goes undetected. Yes, and that's and that's. So if you think in the UK, there's nearly well sixty-seven and a half million people, and one percent one percent of those, right? So we're talking between half a million and a million, probably around about. Okay. But that doesn't count as say for the people who have not been tested. Mm-hmm. And because your condition might be slight, you probably live with it for the, all of your life and not even know it. And that's why I think. All right. Um, obviously, the, the more symptoms, the more serious the symptoms, the more likely you are to go to the doctor and say, look, I've got that these symptoms. You know, or having the doctor question you and then getting the symptoms that way. But if you've got, you know what it's like. You have a little ache or pain in your ankle. It's only a little one. 
to let it go. You know. Right. I mean, one of the symptoms of 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 a gluten intolerance is headaches. Yeah. How many people? How many people are going to go go to the doctor because they have they're experiencing headaches on a regular basis? They're going to just going to go to the pharmacy and they get all they're going to do is take headache tablets. Yeah. You know, so it's again, you know, this is a this is going to be an ongoing issue for them, and then then it becomes other issues. You know, then then it it can you know the, the, these these symptoms can eventually then lead onto something like you know autoimmune immune diseases. You know, and and the long run because of the inflammation that's going on in the body as a long term effect of your your gluten intolerance. Okay, so not to scare anybody here, but you know we we say that this is effect this is affecting you know like special populations or small small population groups. All right, and um, as much as that is the case, there's a lot of people that can be impacted by gluten because of their pre-existing conditions yeah so for example like if you have if you do have autoimmune diseases like type 1 diabetes or Graves disease or maybe you've got um, Hashimoto's um, rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis that's gluten is going to Im impact your health even more it's going to have an effect on your health absolutely right? yeah yeah you know, and they and they do and research has also shown that autoimmune diseases share common genes and immune pathways with celiac disease as well. So there's a, a lot of crossing over here going on going on within this within the body and gluten gluten can impact them. So back right. back to what I said in the beginning, you know, when you to your first question is you know can it be harmful to people? Yes, it can be if you are at risk of being impacted by it and have some kind of gluten intolerance due to pre-existing conditions or not. But at the end of the day, you know, the percent, those percentage of people in the population is very small. But if you take everything into account, it adds up. You know, then all of a sudden you're looking at a lot of people that could be impacted by gluten. Yeah. But the education yeah. doesn't, sh doesn't share that with you. You know, when you, you have nutritionists or personal trainers and dietitians talking about gluten-free, this, they don't necessarily cover all of these factors. No, that's fine. They just fine. try to blanket it so everybody doesn't, that all of their clients don't, don't consume gluten. And one of the other reasons is behind this, and this is, again, a false, a false flag, that maybe that's the wrong term to use, <laughs> in light of... <laughs> The, the current political situation around the world, but in, in terms of um, you know, um, one of the the yet to be confirmed through research, uh, because it's just not enough research and evidence as such yet, is that people a lot of people claim that if you cut out gluten, you can lose fat. That's not that hasn't been proven yet. That's yet to be proven. There's not enough evidence to show that cutting gluten out of your diet will help you to lose fat. So, and yeah, this is many, this yeah. is very often the reason why personal trainers or dietitians and nutritionists will say cut out gluten. Yeah, I would say if I I'm not a personal trainer, I'm a nutritionist, and I would say, you know, if if they had the symptoms, I would say get tested. There's two ways. There's two ways of, of testing. One, one is the simple blood test, okay, that we're all, we're all probably used to, and the other way is to have a um, 
can't remember what it was now. Um, a biopsy done. Okay. From the intestinal wall. Okay. Well, that's more for for um, celiac disease, but um, yeah. but we, if it's just a gluten sensitivity, which is obviously the non-celiac, um, then basically you can get away with a blood test, as far as I'm aware. So. Yeah, so I mean, you see, you can you can diagnose. It can be diagnosed, and it can be diagnosed very quickly. All right. Um, so ask the right questions of people, like doctors and people like that, and, and push them, and push them on it. Mm-hmm. I need to know, you know, if I've got celiac disease. I need to know if I'm, you know, uh, gluten intolerant. Intolerant. Um, you need to know these things because it can affect the rest of your life. And even more so, if you talk about wheat, okay, which is life-threatening if you don't sort it out, you need to know. You need to be in the know. Now, we know that um, obviously these things cost money. But so, so, so does the after-effects of a disease and a condition. Ah, what's happened now? Is it me or is it Paul? Paul's kind of either he's gone into frozen mode or it's me that's gone into frozen mode. Hmm. I think Paul's gone. I think he's Paul's gone frozen. Um, I'm just trying to remember where Paul was now in the conversation. <laughs> but. If you if you're thinking if we're talking about um, you know what what the symptoms of of gluten are you know you, uh, okay so we're still going so if you talk if you if you're talking about what the what the symptoms of gluten look like okay as I mentioned earlier you have you have headaches so headaches could come from so many different sources okay it could be it could be so many reasons for for experiencing headaches. Um, but this is something that you can start to start to either try to adapt towards through your diet or just become more conscious and aware of when are you experiencing headaches? When do you feel you're getting headaches on a regular basis? And if you're eating bread around those times, you know, typically or some kind of some kind of grain, typically around the times that you're experiencing headaches, then you want to maybe look at, okay, cut out the grain. And then see if I experience headaches or not, okay? Because a lot of the symptoms that that you that you're going to find with with gluten intolerances, I people just don't necessarily associate with anything like that. The other one, and then why I say is because one of the other symptoms is anxiety or depression. You, know, you could you could be experiencing anxiety and depression on a regular basis for multiple reasons. You know, I mean, what's going on around us today at the moment with the you know, financial impending financial crisis coming in, people losing the value of their income um, in terms of being able to shop and spend spend their money and things like that. And, you know, what's going on around the world, there's, there's many reasons for people to be feeling stressed, to be experiencing anxiety and depression. But that can be that can be as a direct effect of eating foods that are rich in gluten. Okay. Um, fatigue is another one. If you're experiencing fatigue on a regular basis, figure out when am I experiencing this fatigue? When do I feel the fatigue? You know, brain fog again. 
that goes hand in hand with, with fatigue very often. Okay, people are fatigued and they're experiencing a lot of brain fog. Okay. Paul, there's um, some feedback, audio feedback coming in from somewhere. I don't know if it's just a, a delay, a lag, because you've just come back on or not. But um, anyway, and then on top of that. I'm not sure. Okay, just happened again. And on top of that, you've got uh, pain. So obviously pain. Now, this is something that Paul and I both specialize in is with, with pain. So if you're experiencing a lot of pain in your body, <laughs> yeah, and, and you do have a gluten intolerance, that's going to be because your body's chronically inflamed and you want to do something about it. You definitely want to do something about that. Yeah, you could be. Yeah, if it's just pain that's just all of a sudden starting to come up in your in your body for no no apparent reason, then you really want to look at cutting out grains out of your diet immediately. Because if the moment that pain becomes overly chronic, like you get obesity and you get morbid obesity, you get chronic you get inflammation, you get chronic inflammation, and then you get real really serious chronic inflammation, you're on the pathway to some other. Yeah, a range of other diseases that could be that could start cropping up in your in your body and in your life as a result of that. So if you're starting to feel pain in your body, cut out grains. And if that pain disappears, then you know that, that, that you have there's a, there's a possibility that you have a gluten intolerance. And then digestive issues, obviously. You know, it's not just celiac or you got you got IBS, irritable irritable bowel syndrome. Or inflammatory bowel uh, disease, which is IBD, and these these can also be as an onset, an onset as a result of gluten intolerance, or maybe you have it from somewhere and then from from some other source, whatever uh, another reason, and consuming gluten, and that just highlights the IBS or the IBD. Um, so if you do have digestive issues, again, cut out the grains. And if you, if you have actually have to, then st stick to to millet because millet doesn't have gluten in it. You know, so stick to that. But yeah, you know, your even even rye has it. Um, but also, if I, I'm not 100 sure on this, but if millet doesn't have gluten, then some of your more ancient grains like millet and um, spelt, I think maybe in that case spelt may not have gluten in it either. Or your your um, is what's it Israel bread is it Israel bread um, Israel grain it's it's these are the ancient grains they most likely don't have any any gluten in so if you absolutely have to have bread then find sources for that sounds good to me <laughs> um, I was just going to say that the um, how do you know if a food product has got is gluten free. If if it doesn't if it's if it doesn't have a um, ingredient an ingredient list on it, yeah. If it has an ingredient list, look on the ingredient list and ingredients list and see if, if there's any grain sources in in the food. This is this is I think when we're talking about bread and this is where um, you should if you get if you if you're using a baker. Ask them because they'll tell you. They know they're professionals. They'll tell you. Um, but other than that, if you're going to a supermarket or a store, 
It's about awareness. And that's the big thing, you know. Do your research, um, do your investigation on your own, be your own little detective. Um, because you can do lots on your own to be able uh -huh. to improve your life. And that, and that and that really is the key because if you can't be bothered, why should anyone else? You know, um I say that in tug in treat because but we tend to rely on uh, professionals sometimes a bit too much when we can yeah, we, yeah people do that ourselves you know and so, it's, it's funny it's funny i had i had the same conversation with a young a young um, healthcare professional in south africa the other day and i asked her like you know what is one thing you want to you, you you want to see less of in your life and she said people that don't deserve my time anymore because there's so many people that she deals with that have become so dependent on her being there and they no longer actually need her but it's like becomes like an addiction people become addicted to either um self-diagnosing themselves especially if somebody yeah. is prone to various conditions or you know i don't want to say hypochondriac tongue-in-cheek or you know too loosely but people can easily become hypochondriacs because they start to die, self-diagnose themselves too much, you know. Um, and then on top of that, they then go to professionals and they become so dependent on those professionals because yeah. they become terrified and fearful. You know? But we need to take responsibility for ourselves. We have to. It's imperative. So, I mean, maybe a combination of both. Yes. So stay abreast yourself of what, what you should be knowing. Yes, uh, and then backing it up with speaking to a doctor mm -hmm. and tell them what you've done as well, because that's part of the, part of your history when you're talking about your medical uh, stuff. So, um, so um, as we know, there are I think about 400 autoimmune diseases. Now we've had going in it too much because we worry about it all the time, wouldn't we? But a lot of these will will show themselves as I say, and especially with something like celiac disease, which is an autoimmune disease, yeah. um, where the villi, which is these little finger things in the small intestine, get damaged, flattened, um, you know, and, and say, so, so one in ten have an itchy rash as well. So bear that in mind, um, some kind of dermatitis. So mm -hmm. I couldn't pronounce the word. Dermatitis, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. So with gluten intolerance, uh, body cannot uh, digest gluten um, and the usual symptoms are the same symptoms as for celiac disease. However, when it gets a little bit worse, then they start they start differing. But these, these basic ones go right the way through um, celiac disease, gluten intolerance and wheat allergies, all right? Mm -hmm. But then, as I say, with the wheat allergies, it's a little bit different because the body then recognises that there's a foreign invader in the body and starts fighting it big time. And uh, and you can add things on like you can get hives, itching, swelling, and so on. We're not going to go into everything, but you'll know something's wrong. That That's the biggest thing. So don't wait, right? Make a note of what these symptoms are and go and seek help, all right? Yeah. Very, very important. And don't forget the labels either on food. Because the late now, you know, with laws and things like that, labels, although it's still not tight enough, in my opinion, they do guide you in the right direction. All right. So, yeah.
So all of these things can be overwhelming. Don't let things get to you. Find out what you can do and go and do it. All right? Because your quality of life is going to be affected. And that's, that's what, what it's all about with all of this stuff. Yeah. It's about having peace of mind, right? Yeah. 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 And you're but, not always going to find you're not always going to find that peace of mind from a from a doctor or or a health professional necessarily. You know? So, if I, I, and I mean from one one source that is, you know, you may go to one doctor and they may just either not know enough, um, or they may just not have the time enough to actually do enough for you. So they just put you onto something. You know, um, so you know, look from different sources too. Don't only count on one source and like you mentioned you mentioned about you know when you're at the shop shopping and if the product says gluten-free don't take it for word that it's gluten entirely gluten-free you know like every label whether it's it's bio whether it's it's fish a sea friendly like tuna friendly or whatever don't just take it for granted that because it has a label on it it is what it is it says it is what it says because very often these companies, they brand, they label these and brand themselves to make it seem as though it is, but it isn't entirely the case. And I'm not saying that everybody's lying, but don't just take it for granted. Again, take responsibility. And if you're not 100% sure, if you pick up a, a package that says gluten-free and then you turn it around, you look at the ingredients list and something's on there and you think to yourself, that maybe shouldn't be there. <laughs> then look it up try to try to do some research on it or for yourself or just put it down and move on to something else don't yeah. necessarily, don't take the risk yeah because it, marketing is is a multi multi-billion dollar industry and companies yes. use marketing for a reason and they put they use labels for for reasons you know because it gives them it gives them that that um credibility but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the case uh, you know, even if it's even if you have you pick up stuff that says GMO free, it's not always the case. That's right. So I mean, how do you know if a food product is gluten free? Well, you ask any celiac uh, patient, and they'll tell you that they've already avoided wheat pasta and rye bread. Okay, but the problem is, is that some of this stuff is hidden. Yeah. Right? It's hidden in foods, cosmetics, medications, and lots of other things. Yeah. So things like um, lip balms and lipstick and other cosmetics, um, even herbal and nutritional supplements. Okay, so again, you've got to be aware of everything. Um, medications, as we say, even something as simple as Play-Doh. You know, we've all played with that with the kids and things like that. That, you know, can have hidden gluten in it. Um, personal care items, things like uh, toothpaste and mouthwash. Again, very, very important. You've got to check them out. Even condiments, you know. So when you're using the uh, the powders, um, yeah. you've got to be very careful with those. Um, sauces and gravies, especially something like soy sauce. Okay. Candy bars. You know, and other candy, and also for in the UK, we talk about Mars bars and not necessary Mars bars, but I'm just using that as an example. 
because I love mouse parts. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, probably why I said it. Um, so what I'm saying is you have to check, you know. Um, obviously, processed meats as well. Mm -hmm. They can add stuff in. Soup bases. Um, and then, then, then you go on to, you know, I start going on to other things like malt vinegars, malt beverages, beer, um, all the types of beer, lava, ales, everything. So oh, you can't, you can't have anything. It's like, yeah, yeah no. like, okay. Well, what I'm saying is consume coconut and water. That's it. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You, you, look, you're not going to, you're not going to cut everything. Um, yeah. If it's only mild, you're just going to cut down a little bit on things. So you don't have excess. That's one, one of the big things, but it's nice to know, even if you don't cut them out, it's nice to know that that pain is coming from the beer you're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you're still going to drink the beer, I know. But at least you can say, well, at least I know what's causing it. I cut, <laughs> cut out the other 90% of things. But you have your peace of mind. You, yeah, you know I'm where the source is coming up. from. <laughs> and, and, so, and look here, look here, folks. It's <laughs> the way... The way I the way I, I live my life now and the way I, I work with my clients that are are using using our nutritional products is you know is this is once you've cut down that chronic inflammation in your body, right? And and I'm going back down, I'm going to science here. I'm going to I'm going to the roots of the root of it. Because you know, very often, you know, people take medication, they take drugs because it, it clears the symptoms of whatever they, they've got, all right? But it doesn't alleviate the actual symptoms. It just clears the symptoms away. So it, it basically masks the symptoms, but you've still got the problem. The problem still exists in your body. But if, if you get rid of the chronic inflammation in your body, either by cutting out all of the stuff that we're talking about and cutting it all out of your diet, I mean, Paul and I, Paul and I, we... we we know somebody mutually that had, has had to do that personally in his life before, but now he doesn't need to. Why? Because he's got rid of the chronic inflammation in his body. And the chronic inflammation will lead to pretty much everything we've spoken about. You know, it can potentially lead to everything we've spoken about. And this is, this is the thing. So if, if, you, if you can figure out a way to reduce the chronic inflammation, either by cutting out everything, and if you have, if you are gluten intolerant, all right. If you do have celiac disease, or if you've got other symptoms, other other conditions that are perpetuated from eating gluten, then and you're fine with cutting all of that out, then then cool, good for you because now you're cutting out the source of the problem. But if you if you if you want to be able to eat and enjoy life. Then you want to also be able to figure out, okay, how do I cut out the chronic inflammation? Because the chronic inflammation is essentially what leads to every, all the conditions we're talking about. Is it you eat the gluten, the body's not able to digest those proteins, okay? And then the, um, the enzymes are not doing what they should be doing, okay? Are not able to be doing what they should be doing. And then the body starts to st – and those, those protein enzymes, those protein, those protein um, sugars, they bind to – certain parts of the body where they shouldn't be, and then the chronic inflammation develops from that. But if you can cut out the chronic inflammation, then you can start to look at, look, look at living, be able to continue living life 
uh, quite an enjoyable level without having to cut out everything or pretty much everything. Because unfortunately, the Western-based diet, you're looking at anywhere from, what was the number I wrote down here? Just bear with me a second. Anywhere from five to 20 grams of gluten being consumed in a, in a, on a daily basis in a Western diet. So if that's the case, just imagine how many foods you're eating that contain gluten. Yeah, so yeah, if, if, if that's the path that you want to go down and be able to cut and, and cut everything out, then speak to Paul and I, and we will guide you on that path and as to what to look out for and how to go about doing this. But if you want to just get to the root of it and cut out the chronic inflammation, and bypass all of that potential pain, stress, anxiety, depression, brain fog, all of those symptoms that I, sh I, I spoke about, then come and speak to Paul and I, <laughs> and we'll show you how to do that as well. So there's two, there's two answers here for you. In summary, there's two solutions here for you, potential solutions. Either you cut out everything that will potentially cause the problems, or you just you, you deal with the chronic inflammation in the, in the beginning, in the first place. And then that just enables you to continue living a pretty decent life and be able to enjoy foods that you already enjoy without being too concerned about what the, the permutations, the possible permutations might be or might look like. How was that? Sounds good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, I would, what I say is, and I, I say it a lot, and... Um, you as an individual are unique. Nobody knows. We can we can we can guess and um, generalize about things, but you are unique. So everything's slightly different in every one person. Now take this, okay? When we talk about celiac disease, um, your when your symptoms start, the average time for someone to be um, diagnosed with it. Um, is six to ten years afterwards. All right. Now think about that. Think about something else you've got that you've got to be brave here. Mm. You no know, wuss is allowed here. You know, you've got to be brave and attack it. You know, near enough immediately. All right. It's, it's very very important you do that. And you can start off speaking to any professional at all. And they should, if they're good professionals, will guide you. If they can't deal with it, they will guide you to someone who can. Barring that, you go to your doctor. Okay, yeah. um, it's entirely a matter for you how, how you want to do it. Um, and and just just bear in mind this also: there are there is something called a silent celiac disease as well. Okay, um, and it's only a small number of cases. And it doesn't improve, and it won't improve with a gluten-free diet. Okay, I'm not going to go into any names of it, but that's where you need to be careful, and that's why you need to jump on it straight away because it's something that leads to T-cell lymphoma. Okay, okay. Very, it's, it's not it's not common by any means, and I don't want to worry anyone. But what I'm trying to get over to is the fact that if you get symptoms of something, deal with it. Don't wait. All right. Very important. Even if you need, come and speak to us and then we'll give you the proverbial boot up the backside to, to go to uh, another professional, all right? So... Um, because I, 
I don't, you, you understand, Paul, and I understand clearly, it takes a lot of courage for people to deal with it in the mm. beginning. You know, they, they, it's very tempting to kind of bury your head in the sand and, and just think it's going to go away eventually. Um, but once a symptom arises, that's what the body's telling you. The body's saying to you, hey, hello, wake up, wake up, something's not right here. Put your hands up. Hello. <laughs> yeah. So but, but sometimes we need we need us, you know, people need to probably need to feel that slap from inside their brain, hitting them on their head, going, Wake up. Yeah, that's <laughs> because, you know, that's that's unfortunately what so many people require is that proverbial slap up the backside. Very right. similar. Very similar to having a Netflix, playing for Netflix every month, and not 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 using it. And not using it, yeah. Really, yeah. It's not, not in the same stratosphere, but you you see what we're getting at. You, we put things off, don't we? We yeah. we you know we we procrastinate. We put things off. I'll oh, push it in the background. It'll go away next week or tomorrow or whatever. And a lot of these things don't. And and I would say if you've got anything anything in your body for anything that you know is not you. It's not your normal self. It feels you feel out of sorts. Go and sort it out. Now I know that some people um, might think they're uh, um, being psychosomatic. Is it where, you, where you, you know you're going about every little thing? But at least do some research about it. At the very least, immediately find out what it could be. It may not be, and hopefully, a lot of think a lot of times it isn't. You know, but you know if you don't do something about it, if you don't crack on and uh, attack the problem, all right, then you could be causing yourself some serious problems. That's all I've got to say. Very true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I'll give you I'll give you two I'll give you two 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 pretty good sources where you can go and do some of your rest your research. If that's if that's what you would like to do. Um, and one of them is healthline.com and the other one is WebMD. I use both. <laughs> so and you're going to find some pretty good information on both those sites there uh, yeah, and that'll give you they they explain things on there as well for you so it's it's pretty cool and it's not doesn't take you long to do research you, know, you just go to uncle google put a search in there for something whatever it is and you'll you know don't don't necessarily rely on wikipedia too much because Wiki, wikipedia is more open source so anything can be written on on wikipedia but um, yeah, healthline.com and WebMD. Absolutely. With that, unless you've got anything else to say, Warren, we're going to wrap it up. And um, hope, hopefully we've given you some uh, ideas of, of what to look for and what these things can do to if you're left untreated um, and also what you can do about them and the, some of the symptoms. So, um, yeah. Hope you found it useful. Please share this if you found it useful. You know anyone who's been complaining about maybe some of the same symptoms, you know, mm -hmm. and um, talk to them, guide them in that direction. If you like what you listen to, love, love, preferably than like, um, and because of Facebook like, like loves. So um, they, love, they love loves. They, they love. They only love. like likes. They just, but they love loves. They ignore likes. No, they ignore it. So. Um, with that, um, we're going. Have a great week, and we'll speak to you next week. Next Fantastic. Wednesday. See you later. Great chatting, Paul. Uh, yeah, it always is with you, mate.